Welcome to The Bridge. Fun conversations on culture, life, and everything in between. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Bridge. We are a show that connects East and West. My name is Jason. I'm originally from California, and I'm living here in beautiful Wuhan, China. Today with me is Alex. Hello, everybody. This is Alex Sure, I am from China, and I'm speaking to you from Beijing, China. And we have a special guest on today, someone who's been on the show before, an international businessman who is from Hong Kong with roots in uh, Shandong, who lived in England and other places, who speaks, what, three languages? Morris. Hello, everybody. This is Morris Choi. I'm talking to you from Beijing. Unfortunately, it's not very sunny today. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I haven't opened my curtains yet, so I don't know. Find us where you get your podcasts. If you like the show, then consider pushing the like button or giving us five stars. Suggestions, comments, anything you would like to share, email us at welovethebridge at gmail.com. We love the bridge. Well, it's not very sunny here either. Uh, so both of you are actually in Beijing. We're here to talk about the weather today, actually, and some traffic. So this is the perfect cue to get started. So Morris mentioned earlier before the show that it might snow- be snowing or s- like slightly snowing. Yeah, it was threatening to snow, but uh, there were a couple of flakes and then that's it. Yeah, it hasn't really materialized. <laughs> Yeah. I miss Beijing so much. It does not really snow here in Wuhan. You know, it's it's overcast here a little bit today. Lovely weather. But, you know, I, I miss the cold. They said, oh, it's going to be so cold. And everyone wears their big jackets just like they do in Beijing here. But it's just not cold. It's like and it's like 10 degrees. It's like five degrees. Yes. A couple days ago, it was 10 degrees. And everyone was wearing these huge, big jackets that you would see people wear in Beijing for like 10 degrees. And I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, right? I get the same feeling when I go back to Hong Kong because I'm originally from Hong Kong. Yeah, if you go back to Hong Kong from Beijing in the winter, right? So you come from a place that's minus two or whatever, <laughs> land in Hong Kong, 12 degrees, and you see people with their heavy jacket and scarves. And I, I felt like, <laughs> oh. You're like, toughen up, please. <laughs> this is nothing. <laughs> I read an article and I I sent it to you guys about like an Amtrak train that got stuck. And this is huge news in the U.S. recently, like an Amtrak train that got stuck because some trees fell on the tracks and prevented them from moving. At the same time, on I-95, like thousands of motorists were not able to get off the road for I think it was 30 to 35 hours because they were snowed in and there was a six six 18 wheeler pile up and like all these people were like trying to survive off of like the potato chips they had in the back of their car (laughs) there was some really beautiful moments where they were like truck drivers who actually had backup food getting out of their pickup their their big trucks and sharing food with some of the people in the cars around them Mm. some of the the weirder parts were people i saw this i can't remember on which like 24-hour news site but like there was there were people getting out of their cars to do their business behind the doors of their cars (laughs) because there was no nowhere else to go and it's like in the middle of the snow and what was really funny about this is that the 24-hour news site when someone was telling them about this one of the other motorists was mentioning it they zoomed in on some of the cars as though as though they were trying to (laughs) catch someone in the act of doing their business behind there why would you do that so i thought this is an interesting like topic because you know you know this is nothing new there's there's the huge these huge uh snow ends that happen every year in the united states but we all have stories about traffic and we have cn why Chinese New Year in which what a billion people are taking off to travel all over China yeah. yep. using like the high speed rail uh, airplanes 
and cars. Yeah. So, um, Morris, you have a car. You drive a lot. Do you when you travel for Chinese New Year? Do you go, travel by car? Or do you travel by train or a plane? Well, I I, I used to because uh, I either fly back to Hong Kong to spend time with my uh, family in Hong Kong, my parents mm-hmm. in Hong Kong, mm-hmm. or if I don't do that. Uh, for the uh, past few years before the pandemic, uh, we've taken long uh, driving holidays mm. with a very good friend of mine. So he has a, uh, he has an MPV that seats seven, our two family, the six of us. Yeah, uh, two, two couples and two kids. And then we each bring our dog as well. That's one reason. So you have oh, wow. you have two dogs in the car with two six kids. people, six people, and and uh, all the luggage. We usually go anywhere, you know, a week to ten days. Wow. Yeah. So, for example, uh, uh, early two thousand nineteen, we actually drove all the way from Beijing down to Chengdu and and. Wow, Chongqing. was it two thousand miles or something? How how many days was that? Uh, in all, it was uh, a a ten day round trip. Uh, yeah, wow. but uh, what what we did, and, and and this is this is the good part because the car could only fit the six of us, mm. right? And and uh, our our family, uh, my parents and uh, my friend's wife's parents. Yeah, my my parents live in Hong Kong and her parents lives in in uh, Shanghai. So we actually bought them tickets. We drove down to uh, uh, Chengdu and then my parents flew up from Hong Kong. Her parents flew flew across from Shanghai. We spent like four days in uh, uh, Chengdu and Chongqing. Yeah, for the for the Chinese New Year celebration, mm-hmm. and then they went back to Shanghai and Hong Kong. By flight, and we drove back to Beijing. Wow, Alex, do you, do you drive around China? I, I don't have a driver's license. <clears throat> Um, do, do, do people you know drive around China um, and you go with them for like <laughs> I don't have friends that are that awesome yeah who's willing to put up with me and driving me across the country <laughs> but I, I my parents want to do it all the time my mom brings it up all the time I'm like that's why I was like it's really admirable how you could do Maurice how you could do like a whole 10 day you know trip driving with people because I feel like if my parents got into the same car driving for longer than even 40 minutes they're about they're bound to fight i i don't want to be <laughs> i don't want to be caught in that chaos you know for like around the you know like cross-country trip no way well you could you could go with other people no offense to your mom and dad you could like get some <laughs> friends and a car and like just tear off across china you know, I, I suppose we can. It looks like increasingly pe- that's what people are doing. You know, in the United States is a pastime driving across the country. Oh, my gosh. This is like something everyone feels like they have to do. It's a rite of passage for many Americans to drive across the country in a car and see like, I don't know, the Grand Canyon or whatever. Like it is, it is an American tradition to see the country by car. So like it l- sounds like that, you know, increasingly this is something that people are doing in China. There was a. a- Sorry, there was an IE. I don't know if uh, Morris, if you saw this on social media, and Jason, there was a, a lady who was uh, 50 years old and she decided to just say goodbye to her old life being sort of a housewife. And she just got on this whole trip by herself driving around the country and she became an Internet oh. Uh, sensation. Oh, wow. She's, she's, she's still traveling. Yeah. Wow. I, I missed that. I didn't see that. Yeah. But what what I was going to say was uh, actually a, a driving holiday gives you a very different experience from uh, uh, an organized holiday, uh, you know, a tour or whatever, because there's so much more freedom. 
accessibility yeah yeah no it, it's all, also the freedom right because you see something as you're driving along and and if you're with a tour group you yeah could you could stop. just stop but you could just take a slight detour yeah yeah you could just take you you, you could have no pre-arranged agenda or itinerary yeah just go wherever and that's actually what what we usually do yeah because uh you know that there are there four four adults of us in a car we, we feel like making a change yeah we cancel the hotel booking online but find find another one there are enough of us to make that happen on the fly yeah the, the difficult part is because uh, we both the both families take our dog so you have to find a, a hotel that that's willing to accommodate dog but actually outside of beijing that is actually not that difficult. the dogs must be <laughs> having a blast the whole time yeah yeah they they well during the trip they're just you know asleep or whatever but uh, yeah once we get to the destination <laughs> it's all the new smells and sounds and sights and yeah. you sound like you plan pretty well because i did something like this in america when i was young i don't know i was 19 years old and i was like i want to travel you know to canada and i was like one day i was just like yeah i'm gonna go and so i got in my car and like with a person we we just just left and we didn't have any plan at all and we just started driving towards canada from california from like around the sacramento area and we just went until we got to actually the first night we got to a park like a national park near seattle and we just slept in the car we paid like i don't know a dollar or two dollars to go into this national park where they have like camping and we just slept in the car and then the next and we ate food from like gas stations and stuff until we got to canada and then we just found a hotel and we we're like okay we'll just stay here one night and then go turn around and we went and like oh, i say we asked people where do we need to go and they were like oh go to this place called barrard street and we went and hung out in like vancouver for one night and then the next day we just got in our car and drove back down to california which took a couple of days and i think we slept in oregon on the way back down mm. there was no planning at all it was just one of those things like you know we have never been to canada well what's stopping us let's just go right now and we just got in a car and left that's the best kind of trip yeah that that's exactly exactly that's the best kind of trip yeah isn't that being used in a lot of uh, advertising yes. In, <laughs> yes. In, in china yeah is it yeah they act yeah, yeah the yeah. line the line of uses <laughs> let's have a Let's have a trip where we just leave. Like, we're just gonna go. Like, with no plans or, you know, no destinations in mind, or we're just gonna go somewhere this very moment. Yeah, yeah. Well, a car makes it easier, right? Much easier. I guess that's the joy of having a car. Yeah, if you're you're gonna travel like that. Yeah. What, how do you get a license in China? I got mine uh, quite a few years back. So things <laughs> were a bit different then. Uh, I had a Hong Kong license. So I actually, for business, I, I was spending a lot of time in Guangzhou. Yeah. Uh, I was working for a company that has a large presence in, in Guangzhou. And one day, the office administrator just asked a few of us, from from Hong Kong and Macau. Oh, do you guys want a want a China driver's license? <laughs> yeah, why not? So said, oh, come with me. So we went to this big government office. Yeah, uh, filled in a few forms. China was still not as efficient as as now back in those days. So we spent an afternoon. I, I remember we did a, a quick so called medical test, eyesight test, and 
blood pressure and that sort of thing. And by the end of the afternoon, mm. I've got my uh, driver's China driver's license issued by the Guangdong province. Wow. So it took you one afternoon. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I think in, in Beijing, uh, if I want to do that now with a Hong Kong license, if I didn't have my China license, I would probably need to sit for the uh, the uh, traffic regulation exam or something. I, I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, Alex and I have a mutual friend named Nick, and I remember he started looking into getting his driver's license in 2019, the end of 2019, and he just got it like a month ago. So it took him like oh about a year to get his yeah. his driver's license. So it's it seems like a little bit more challenging now. What well, was he was he learning in China or did he did he already know how to drive? Does he have a driver's license from another country? No, actually I don't know. I don't know. But uh, right. I think I think what happened was cuz I just met up with him on Friday to celebrate his uh I thought he got his license um, like over a month ago as mm. well, but he said, "Oh, I just got my past my final test for my driver's license." So now it's like all official um and friday marks the you know the uh the the actual license that he got uh, and he i think he started taking this seriously earlier last year it was a longer process but he i think the case is he didn't have a valid driver's license anymore from his home country uh, the, he does know how to drive but because he's been here for so long and it, he doesn't have a valid uh foreign driver's license he has to take he had to take those driving classes with the coach, you know, sitting next to you. And he had to take those uh, computer tests where you have to get the questions about the rules and regulations mm, and, mm, mm. and the laws and stuff. Is that test in Chinese only or can you take it in English? Do you you know? can take it in English. Yeah. Uh -huh. Oh, I didn't know that. You could take it in English? Yes, it is. It's there. But there's some. the, the funny thing is, so they translated a all of the questions, you know, even those questions that don't really apply to, you know, uh, expatriates living in China. So... There's some questions like, oh, have you served in the Chinese military? <laughs> he was like, obviously not. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting. I think in the U.S., foreign people can serve in the U.S. military in some capacity. So like, uh, no. So you're saying only Chinese people can serve in the Chinese army. This is something I didn't know. I'm 100 percent sure about that. <laughs> I, 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 I would have thought I, I actually would have thought that's true for most. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. But it's a, it's a path yeah. to citizenship for some people They go and serve in the U.S. Army and then they it gets them like on the front of the list to become a U.S. citizen. Do they have to be do they have to be like uh, green card holders to do that and then they will get their citizenship or, you know, I. I have no idea. I don't know either. <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah, you, you know what just popped into my head? You know that the the film, mm. uh, the franchise Starship Troopers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. I was. I, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, you serve in the army, then you can vote in this future society, and which comes from a comic book. Actually, before the movie, there was a comic book, and then there's like a series of movies. Actually, and some of them are cartoons. Now they actually still make like cartoon like Starship Troopers. But yeah, mm. you have to serve in the military in order yeah, to get a yeah, boat. Yeah. Well, so, you know, so Alex, you lived in the States. Did you drive? No, I did. I did actually take driving classes when I was in Charlotte because it's it's a city where you just can't walk anywhere, <laughs> like anywhere you want to go. It's you got to drive to it. And the public transportation system is barely existing at all. So I, I took four uh, driving lessons. I, I passed the, the, the written test. I got a learner's permit and I took my driving lessons. But I realized that I had to 
pay for car insurance in order to take the actual road test. And then I was like, even after paying the car insurance, I'm not going to be able to afford a car, you know, like I, mm. so it just kind of, it just kind of made me go, well, it's, is it all worth it? Do I want to go through it with it? And and then my driving coach was getting really, you know, really crossing some topic boundaries while we were spending that time in a enclosed space together. I was like, I'm just going to stop this. Wow. <laughs> but I, I, I'm so surprised to hear that you need to pay for your own insurance to take the, the, the driving driving test yeah and in north carolina i think at least back then or that's what i understood like you have to bring in your car insurance uh proof like for the paperwork and then you could take you then they could give you the driver's license if you pass the road test wow wow yeah wow. for me it was i remember i think the laws in california are basically the same you first you pass a written test really fast it was super easy i like that was no problem <laughs> and then then like for me anyways i don't know it's like you know this sign says stop what should you do I am um, stopped. <laughs> <laughs> and so like I took the test, I passed really, really fast. And then uh, I had to take a behind the wheel. But I had I had the driver with the, you know, who has the second wheel. Yeah. And, like I was really bad. Oh, my gosh. I was like the least I am. I would talked about salsa da- dancing before and how they gave me my money back. <laughs> I was, it took me, <laughs> it's a true story, true story. Anyways, I, I almost hit a building because I, they were like, no, no, stop, stop. And I don't know oh, what I was dear. thinking, but I couldn't stop because I just wasn't oh, coordinated Jason. enough. I, I drove onto someone's property and almost hit their house. Oh, oh my dear. God. <laughs> okay. Then the second time we were trying again, the next day after I was horribly ashamed. He was like, no, we'll try again. It's okay. And then like <laughs> I ran through a stop sign, almost hit someone because I didn't oh. see the stop sign. I was too focused on like trying to make sure my feet were in the right place. And like, yeah, and it was just okay. But eventually I became very good at driving. Like I'm, I'm I think I'm a very safe, good driver. You know, I don't have any, uh-huh, I'm not, uh-huh. I'm not the kind of guy who goes like 90 miles an hour and a 65. I'm very, I'm generally very, very safe. Um, but you know, like when to pass my license, I failed like my first time behind the wheel. And then I, I passed my second behind the wheel. And so, you know, eventually I got a couple cars, but when I moved to San Francisco, there was no reason to have a car. There's not really great public transit, but there's public transit and every, everyone had a bicycle. So I got a bicycle and it was like pretty easy to get around and stuff. Yeah. So I was like, you know, the really bad part about San Francisco is where the heck do you put your car? It's such a pain. And I got good at parallel parking, but like <laughs> you have to go looking, you drive around for 20 minutes looking for a place to park and you can't find a place to park except like three blocks from where you live. And it's like, why do I even have a car if I have to walk three blocks like after I park my car anyway? So I just got, I, gave, I literally gave my car to my brother i was like i paid two years there's two years left of payments you want it it's yours you take over the payments and he got this brand new car where the down payment was already done half the payments were already done and he just finished paying off the car and it was his wow wow that's very kind of you too generous <laughs> yeah <a little> bit. <laughs> yeah and, and i'm actually a little bit surprised because i i've been to the uh the bay area quite a few times for work even though i've only actually ever stayed inside San Francisco once. So I I always thought of the Bay Area as being someplace where you can't survive without a car. Because mm. if it's, you know, 
that's so big and you know you want to go from santa clara to san jose or whatever people do that all the time right mm, yeah mm. but i suppose it's different when you live actually live inside san francisco well you know yeah living in san francisco was really brutal but when i had a car it was an american like thing you just go so it's like okay it's saturday morning <laughs> i would just go to like santa cruz they're just like oh okay you know or i would just go to like monterey or like wherever and just mm. it was really really convenient to just go wherever you wanted all the time one of the things that you know i was living in beijing for a long time and i would only occasionally go out to like somewhere far out you know in the sixth ring seventh ring zone of of beijing yeah because it it it, it was like okay what public transportation or am i going to take a dd or you know am i am i going to be able to get a taxi back from this place is there a bus and when does the bus go and it's like okay just forget it a lot of the time but like you know well if you come back next time jason it'll everything is different now they've just opened uh i think a uh, couple new lines that go to different corners of Beijing, like all all the way to almost the the border of it, where you could basically you could take a a train to 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 Xiangshan to uh uh, uh the fragrant mm. hill. No, yeah, I mean all of that stuff. Sure, there's like a lot, but there are also a lot of places outside of Beijing like that people don't know about. They're like caves that are like way because Beijing is not just a city; it's a yep. province and a city. And some of the places way out there, like there's only like a bus or like something that goes there. And they're like they're really beautiful caves and beautiful mountains that very few people actually go to very often. And like you'd be surprised at how much stuff there is actually to see yeah. way out there. Yeah, Beijing yeah. is definitely yeah. an area where, first of all, at least according to my own experience, the car culture is, is more similar to, to America. You have a lot of people who are into off-roading and stuff. Mm. And secondly, like, like Jason just pointed out, there's so much around Beijing. Yeah, you may not actually need a car to live in Beijing, but if you want to take advantage of, well, you yeah, know, all yeah. the, the fun places <laughs> that's around Beijing. Yeah. I suppose nowadays you don't need to own a car, right? If you want a weekend trip. Yeah, just rent one, Yeah, right? just rent one. Yeah, but you definitely need a, yeah. a driver's license. So, yeah, Alex, go, <laughs> I, go get I one. I know that, Morris. I know that. <laughs> you know, I think, I think I should just get my wife to get the driver's license. It'd be way more convenient for me. Because <laughs> <laughs> she, she asked about it a couple years ago. And I was don't like. Don't chicken out, Jason. I was like, oh, I don't know. But now, you know, I think increasingly based on this conversation, I should just be like, yeah, here's the money. Go, go to take lessons. And then when I, I'll just be like, I want to go to this cave. Let's go. <laughs> she could be my driver. She'd be like, baby, you want to go to this cave, so you drive us there. So I'm guessing that Jason, you're you're not a car guy. You're not really into cars. No, no. We have a we have a couple of mutual friends who love cars, but you know, I like I mean, I, I see a car and I'm like, oh, that looks really nice, you know, like Tesla's <laughs> cool. I mean, who doesn't think a Lamborghini isn't cool? You see, everyone sees a Lamborghini, they're like, look, there's a Lamborghini, and everyone looks, obviously, right? Isn't everyone to a small extent, everyone's a car person, even people who aren't car people. Because even people who say, like, I don't like cars. Cars. If they see a Lamborghini, like, oh, they're, nice Lamborghini they're gonna look <laughs> at it. Yeah. They're gonna, wow. Okay. But you know, no, no, I'm not one of those people that like remembers like what James Bond drove in like the with Roger Moore in like a specific movie. No. Yeah, I, I like cars. I'm not a super car nut, but I, I do like cars. Yeah, like yeah. I see I see yeah. there's one day I was going to work, I was in the cab, and I saw in 20 minutes of time, I saw three Mustangs driving by me. I was like, they look really nice, but I'm also like, there's some kind of gathering happening right now. Like it's, <laughs> you don't see cars like that just 
you know, three in a row yeah. on the same day. Beijing yeah. has a lot yeah. of nice cars. We were saying that last week, weren't we? Yeah, yeah. I remember. There's some nice cars here in Wuhan, too. Actually, I think Chinese people just, you know, when they came into money, they were like a lot of people are just like, I'm getting such a nice car now. <laughs> so, like, there are a lot of really nice cars all over China. It feels yeah. good. You know, in, in America, you don't see a lot of really nice cars. In the 80s and the early 90s, I remember seeing limousines and stuff. And, like, increasingly, like, people have nice cars like BMWs and stuff. But sports cars, if they're just not as much of a thing. Thing as they used to be like now most americans want a practical car or like a big truck that they can carry stuff around in. yeah but you can still if, if you're really kind of into cars you you still get to choose a balance be, between your own preference and and practicality yeah right like in, in my case yeah yeah i i i i wouldn't say that i'm a very good driver but i kind of know enough to be able to, to tell the difference uh, between how a front-wheel drive car behave and a rear-wheel drive car behave, so uh, you know uh, uh, when we when we first when we bought our first car in Beijing, uh, which incidentally was a BMW. In interestingly, mm. one <laughs> incidentally, yeah, no, no, no. But this is the point that one of the main reason why we settled on a BMW was because it was one of the few cars that are you know popular major brand that's rear-wheel drive. I, I was kind of at the time I was I was kind of stuck between uh, a Mercedes, a BMW, and certain Toyotas, right? Because all the other uh, popular saloon cars are all front wheel drive these days. Yeah, so I didn't really have have uh, too much of a choice. Yeah, <laughs> this article that we started out on is about Amtrak busting down and not being able to move. I mean, yeah. so like if if you okay, so if you're going to work or whatever, you're going home, you can obviously just like maybe call everyone has a cell phone now and just be oh sorry i'm stuck on the sam track you'll see it on the news later so like <laughs> they believe you right okay yeah i saw yeah. that okay but like what do you do on a train when you're trapped there for like a day or two like oh god that'd be my worst nightmare coming true it's not even so much i always pack a whole bunch of snacks so I'm not worried about being starved. It's the it's the bathroom. Like you can't hold. <laughs> I think they have bathrooms in Amtrak, right? I think yeah, but do. you won't. They won't be able to. You know, the you won't be able to flush or whatever. I, I I'm just thinking about that gives me so much anxiety. You should be able to flush because the older trains they just uh, deposit everything on the track. Don't they? Oh. Just seriously, seriously, yeah, yeah. Oh my god! Have you never traveled on on an old train in China? I have, but I was little. <laughs> ah, okay. Yeah, yeah. And with the old trains, uh, this is why it wasn't a good idea, apart from all the safety concerns, to play along the uh, the railway tracks because <laughs> when somebody goes to the toilet, they just dump it outside <laughs> yeah nowadays with a high-speed train i think they have the chemical toilets and everything yeah 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 because i i, I still remember uh, uh on a business trip to uh, uh, uh to the Daqing oil field mm -hmm. right i i took a train from uh, from beijing and it was an overnight train and, and uh, it was in the middle of winter really cold I, I went to the toilet and when i flushed the the cold air just started rushing <laughs> in <laughs> <laughs> poor poor guy yeah yeah, those were the days. Now, wow. nowadays, of course, with a high-speed train, it's it much, much, much more civilized. Yeah, the whole bathroom situation on these bullet trains is so much better than before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they're really... <laughs> Thank you.
mean, actually, I have not ridden on the trains that you guys are talking about, but <gasps> I've ridden on the fast train. I don't I have never ridden the on the old green train or whatever. Mm. But uh, it's they're they're very lovely and convenient. But, you know, I always take first class, not like the business class, which is super mm. nice. But first class has a charger for your phone. Yeah. So I'm wondering if you're if you're on one of these trains in the back, like, you know, in, in like regular economy. Do you have a charger for your phone? And if the train were to break down, which it doesn't here in China, but like if it were to, would you just run out of juice on your phone eventually? If you're say you have to stay there for like a day, hypothetically, which isn't going to happen, obviously, but hypothetically, then you what? You have nothing. You have no phone. What do you do then? Talk to people? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, horrible thing. <laughs> I've never been caught in that situation. But one one time uh, quite a few years ago before the uh, the high speed rail network was was fully built. Uh, my father-in-law came from uh, my wife's hometown, which is in, in the Anhui province, to see us uh, in Beijing. And it was in, in summer. And his train was supposed to arrive, say, around, I can't remember exactly, 1 p.m. or something. And uh, part of the track was, was flooded because of the heavy rainfall. Mm. And exactly what you just described, his phone ran out of battery. It was still in the old green trains. And uh, we have to keep checking the uh, the timetable from from the, the the railway network, and finally he he arrived uh, thirteen and a half hours late. We we had to oh my get God. up. Yeah, we have to go up go out to uh, uh, Beijing West Station. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I live on the east side, so it's a long drive for us. <laughs> uh, and his train arrived something like uh, two thirty a.m. in the morning. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, I, I suppose with the old green trains, you just run out of batteries and that's yeah. it. Yeah, send, send, a, send a courier pigeon. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there are a lot of pigeons in Beijing. You mentioned courier pigeons, but I saw so many people in Beijing who kept pigeons, like, hanging from cages. I, my wife and I moved around a lot. And the last place we lived was, like, in, in what, like, uh, the west side, inside the old city. And like uh, there was like this huge pigeon cage on top of the roof that we could see. And like, I don't know, 50 pigeons lived inside this thing. And I'm not I don't know. I doubt they were being used as carrier pigeons. But you could easily do that in a place like Beijing where there are so many pigeons living like and where people are feeding them outside of their home and stuff. It would, wouldn't be too far off. I, I, I'm not 100 percent sure about this, but I think they actually uh, raised uh, uh, keep pigeons for, for races. Oh, they yeah, I think, I think for competition. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They train them on a certain... I don't know how it works, but I, I believe that uh, there are such races. Yeah. they You, you, you see a lot of uh, retired people. If they have an apartment on the top floor, then yeah. on, on the ceiling, they would have like a dozen cages and, and they go up each day and feed their pigeons. And I don't know how they train them, but apparently there, there are such things, pigeon races. Yeah. yeah, it always it always kind of just bedazzled me how pigeons could just go to the destination you wanted to with the little note on the bound on its leg. And it was like, oh, it's like they're living GPS. We're like, this is where I'm going. They're like, OK, cool, 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 cool. I'm there. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, they're, they're much more sophisticated than GPS. With GPS, <laughs> you need a satellite. But I, I again, I'm no expert. I, I think pigeons navigate by 
remembering changes in the Earth's magnetic field or something. What? Yeah, yeah. There, there's apparently an organ inside their head. Well, so high. Yeah, <laughs> yeah as they fly through, you know, the uh, fly from A to B. They they remember the changes in in magnetic field. Wow. In, in the Earth. Anyway, I, I yeah, I, I've got I, I've got to fact check that. To pigeons. <laughs> but how how do we get from uh, traffic stories to pigeons? This is interesting. <laughs> We were talking about trains and like, you know, I wanted to actually mention or ask, like, I guess it's speculative, like this Amtrak train that got busted down. I hope it had a heater on it, you know, like, yeah, because if you're stuck in the snow, like overnight, you they'd better be making sure that you're like taken care of or whatever. Yeah. I, I wonder if any lawsuits are coming. I, I believe in the old trains, uh, the green trains in China, the heaters had a had a separate, they, they were oil fired heaters or something. It's Nowadays, yeah. obviously, with the the new high-speed trains, everything is electric. But I, I actually, you know, when, when you sent me that story, I, I heard in the news about, uh, was it a congressman or, or representative uh, from, I, I believe, Virginia or somewhere? He, he, he was stuck for 35 hours on, on the freeway when his normal daily commute was two yeah. hours. It was such yeah. huge wow. news in America. It was on every channel. It was on every 24. It was on every, like, you know... All the major media were covering that. But, you know, it's unusual. You get pile up and you get a couple hundred people, but like thousands of people stuck on 995, like for like more than a day, like in the snow. Like it was it was huge news in America. It could be potentially life threatening to some. People, yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I've never been stuck that long, but uh, there were a few times when when, you know, either uh bad traffic like at the end of a major holiday in china or yeah years ago you know if you guys are interested i i, I can tell you a fairly funny story about what Let's happened yes please yeah this was years ago when i was still living in the uk and uh, my brother was studying in uh, up north in in manchester my my mom happened to come over to the uk to visit us so i i rented a car and i drove her and we, we all went up north to see my younger brother. And uh, on the way down, it was actually Guy Fawkes Night, mm. right? Mm, mm, uh, mm. Uh, you, you know what Guy Fawkes yeah, Night is? Yeah, yeah. uh, it's from v, v for Vendetta, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's how I yeah, know it's, that. It's, it's, it. It's, it, it's a very British thing. Yeah. So they used to to, to light the bonfire, mm. right? Uh, the kids under, under adult supervision would go out to the fields and light bonfire. And I think partly because of that, there was a stretch of the, the motorway that led from London up to, to Manchester. On our way back, it was dark already. And suddenly we literally hit this uh, a wall of fog where you, you have visibility of maybe, you know, 10 feet. You could you could barely see the the car in front of you, mm. so obviously traffic slows down to a crawl and and it got worse and worse and worse, and uh, both myself uh, because I I have more than one younger brother right the, I had another mm. brother in the car we both needed to to use the uh, the, the toilet right mm. and and there are service stations along the side of, of motorway just like in any country on, on british motorway so we were keeping an eye out for a service station but mm -hmm. the visibility was so bad that you literally have to be right up to the sign before you can see it right so we were following the car in front traffic has slowed down to a crawl we 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 try to keep the taillights of, of the, the car in front of us in view. We were driving at like five miles an hour. And then I saw this sign 
for a service station. So I signaled and, and I left the motorway, right? And the first part of the funny story was, even though I went into the, the service station area, uh, I never found a service station. It was one of the larger service stations where they actually have a motel uh, in, in this area. I ended up at the motel. I never found the, the proper service station where you could get petrol and, and snacks and stuff. Wow. So it was like, uh, mm. uh, I, I, I remember like it was yesterday, what I said to my brother. I said, you go first, right? And uh, if, you, if you don't see us when you come out, just yell and I'll honk the horn. <laughs> no, seriously, seriously. It, it wasn't a joke because visibility was so low that, uh, <laughs> that, you, that, that you can't actually see, right? And as he was leaving the car, I realized that there were cars behind me. And then I realized what happened because everybody was trying to follow the taillights of, of the car in front. Oh, no. Yeah, the guy is following me. Didn't realize that they have left the motorway. And oh, I literally had like two dozen cars following me off, off the motorway. And I actually... Uh, it might be for the... You may have saved lives and prevented a car accident on the motorway by getting them off anyway. Yeah, so I actually asked the guy behind me. I said, uh, did you just follow me off the motorway? He said, yeah, yeah. But but I need to go to the toilet anyway. So everybody actually went to the toilet. <laughs> yeah, that. Well, you uh, found, so you found like dozens of people at the restroom. That's yeah, like, yeah. Well but done, the funny Lawrence. thing was I, I, after I stopped, I, I realized that there was like a dozen cars following me. And I thought, wow. <laughs> yeah, this is I, all. I, I do think it's a good thing, though, if, if the weather conditions not as ideal, just, you know, just pull over or, or, or you know, get off the highway. It's better. I maybe that's the reason why I still don't have a driver's license. I even get nervous just sitting on the passenger seat in the car sometimes. I'm with you, Alex. You know, if I was in like what you're describing, Morris, I wouldn't get back nope. on. I would just be like, I'll would wait it out. Like, I'll wait it out. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is my own theory, right? But when you are uh, when it comes to driving, when you are nervous, it's actually when things are safe. Right. A lot of people, mm. a lot of accidents happen because people get too relaxed. You're, you've been cruising at uh, 100 kilometers an hour on, on, on the, the highway for, for an hour and you just relax, your concentration laps and all of a sudden. Yeah. Because after you've been sitting at that sort of speed for, for so long, it doesn't feel very fast. Uh-huh. But all it takes is for the car in front to even tap his brake and suddenly that the distance between you and him shrinks yeah, yeah, yeah. at an em enormous rate and and so i i think being nervous is actually safe nervous means safe <laughs> thank you morris <laughs> well i mean you also mentioned something though but if say say there are like a dozen cars just like in the story you were you were talking about there are a dozen cars and one person at any point in that dozen cars taps on their brakes because of any reason whatsoever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. absolutely. But but that was an extreme case, right? So uh, visibility was so low and, and everybody has slowed down to a crawl. And uh, I, I don't know if actually it's actually safer, but psychologically, it feels safer when you can see the car in front. Right. So true. Yeah. You, you just you just follow the, the, the taillight in front of you and everybody was down to like five miles an hour. Literally, it was like walking pace. Yeah. And, and uh, in, in that situation, even if you have a bit of a, a, a mini power up, I don't think people will get seriously hurt. Yeah. Yeah. 
the problem is if you get one crazy guy who regardless of the the low visibility steps on it and and when things happen you know he sees the the light in front of him too late to stop then you could you could cause a major pileup yeah Most of my experiences of driving have not been so bad, but you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of traffic in the United States that, mm. you know, maybe not so much anymore. There's a lot of people that have been migrating around. I think in the last year, things have changed a lot because there are more people staying home and they're working more people, from home Yeah, working from home and moving to other places. But I'm sure that like there are still choke points across the United States, which are causing a lot of people significant headaches. But my experience of having a car Although I, I dislike cars because I, I, I'm really concerned about the environment and like I don't like spending all the money, you know, on the insurance and the, the tires and the parking and all this other stuff, the payments and then like, you know, it's such a big headache. But having a car and putting all of the financial burden aside and not thinking about the environment, it is so <laughs> convenient. Like it is such a nice feeling to be able to just like there are so many times I just rode up, drove up and down Highway 1. And for those of you in the rest of the United States who haven't been to Highway 1, you've got to go see Highway 1 because it is gorgeous. You're on the side of like a cliff overlooking the most beautiful ocean. And there's oh, there's God. so much no. space between <laughs> Los, or sorry, between like, uh, I guess, Monterey and like going down south. It's just like you could stop on all these like, you know, lookout points, these vistas and just stare out at the ocean and look straight down into the ocean. You could literally see the floor of the ocean in some places because it's so just pristine and blue and like this. Oh, it's just gorgeous. You have to see it. Yep, yep. It is amazing. I, I, I can definitely. You can only see it by car. You can I can only definitely see it confirm that story because uh, I, I have a have a kind of interesting story about Highway 1 as well. Years ago, right, mm. when when uh, video games console first came out, uh, uh, me and a few friends of, of ours, because we, we were, we liked cars. So we had this game, I still remember it, called The Need for Speed. Mm -hmm. And in, in one of the scenario, a friend of ours who, who used to live in California, he said, oh, that's Highway 1, uh -huh. uh, Pacifica, right? It, 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 highway uh, uh, Pacifica, is that is that a name for it? Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. He says, oh, that's Highway 1. And I, I just from the video game, I, I thought, wow, this is so beautiful. So sometime later, maybe a year later, I, I had a chance to, to go on a business trip to the Bay Area. And the car I reserved wasn't available. And they offered me a, a Miata. Right. So I said, yeah, definitely for the same price. <laughs> uh, so I had, I had this Miata for a week and, and uh, one afternoon, my meetings finished early. So I actually took a, a, a short drive down part of Highway 1 and I, I came to that exact which was depicted in the game. At least it's based on that because it's exactly like Jason described. Yeah. Yeah, one side is a mountain, the other side a sheer drop, and a Pacific oh. Ocean beyond. It, it's just incredible. It, it, it's, it's so nice. This whole whole yeah. cliff thing is not gonna, <laughs> it's not gonna sit with me. Oh You're God. right, Alex. It, you're right. You know, there are all these signs that say boulders and like that pictures of rocks and cars like tripping over and like it looks really scary. And there's a lot of really windy oh parts God. and stuff. Yeah, it's actually. And, and I think there was a part that there was a huge landslide in 2021 just recently. And it like covered part of it. and It was going to take like two or three weeks yeah. to clear it off and rebuild it. And if there had been cars there, which there were not, thank goodness. 
then there they would have been complete. Yeah, it would have been bad for them. Yeah. So it's not the <laughs> safest place in the world, but it uh, is so pretty. <laughs> I'll just go and look at the videos that people took on that route and just be okay oh, you with got, it. You should take you should take one trip there one time. It is really beautiful. Or, or, or get someone to drive you, Alex. Get- you've heard you've heard the term Big Sur, right? You know, it's like one of the best surfing places on Earth. I've heard the term. Yes. Yeah. They have this other place in near Monterey called 17 Mile Drive, which you actually have to pay to go on. Oh my goodness, it is so beautiful there. And they have one of the oldest living trees in the world right there, like it's a cypress growing off of the side of a cliff. Wow. Really? Yes, really. I, I, I remember that there was a uh, uh, an old building that kind of hangs out over the cliff. There's a bunch of those, yeah. yeah. MC Hammer used to have one near San Jose, but it fell off the cliff. <laughs> it fell off the cliff, yeah. Oh dear, oh dear. <laughs> yeah, wow. So actually, yeah, there was another time when we were stuck in traffic coming uh, back to Beijing from a, from a driving holiday or over the National Day holidays. Oh, wow. Yeah. And actually, uh, uh, when I was young, I used to do these called navigational trials in, in Hong Kong with a good friend of mine. So mm-hmm. he was a driver and uh-huh. I, would, I would navigate. And this time we, we've been stuck in, in traffic for like uh, uh, seven hours already. And uh, it just wasn't moving. So I, I started looking on, on the, the map applications and I, I found that there was a small road that led off the highway down to a, a, a smaller road uh, along the coast. And in the end, I navigated my, my friend because he was driving and I had experience navigating. And what we did was because quite a few cars have found this coastal road, but it's mm-hmm. just two lane, one, one lane either direction. And it could, and a lot of them were driving quite slowly, right? Because it wasn't well lit, even though the, the, the weather condition was okay. So yeah. what, what we did was I used my experience navigating. I, I look at the, the map application. If I see a long stretch of straight road in front, I would tell him, I would estimate the distance, tell him, yeah, say one kilometer straight. Mm-hmm. Then he knows that it's safe to pull out and overtake because you can see cars coming uh-huh. from, from the other direction. It would be dangerous to, to try and yeah. overtake in, in a bend. And even with that, that that journey took us how long? We started around the 1 p.m. in Shenyang. And we arrived back in Beijing at 6 a.m. the next morning. Oh, wow. That's uh, 17 hours. That's... uh, Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, 17 hours. Yeah, usually it would take you maybe four hours. Oh, my God. Did you go a little crazy in that? Well, time period. I was by the time we left the highway. Yeah, I, I, me and my friend were having actually having a bit of fun because I was navigating. Oh. Yeah, for a driver, right? I I kind of gave him the ability to to see beyond what he could see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, you you're stuck behind a slow car, and and I tell him one kilometer of straight road, safely pull out and overtake. Yeah. So it, that part of the journey was actually fun, but being stuck on the highway, that was terrible. Wow. Yeah. So I have a story I'd like to share, actually, very briefly. Yes, I can't say exactly. There was a huge company that was previously very popular in China for uh, booking flights and hotels. <laughs> and we booked some a whole package to go to Shanghai from Beijing, and we missed our flight by like two minutes, and they wouldn't let us on, even though we were like 35 minutes earlier. They're like, you're like, oh, you're too late. Oh. 
So we contacted the company and they were like, oh, no, it's on you. Sorry. My wife became so outraged that she actually started a website called anti in the name of this company dot com. <laughs> and it became so famous and well known that uh, she was actually invited on a news channel here in China to discuss her like problems. And, and all these other people who had problems with the, this giant company also vented their frustrations on this website. And now this company is not as famous as it once was. So, you know, my my personal personal lesson from this because i was like oh okay you know whatever we lost our money and this is bad yeah but my personal lesson was for this is like never two lessons number one never make my wife upset <laughs> and number because she takes things very seriously and number two yeah always leave early you know <laughs> that's true yeah. be earlier than it's necessary to the airport every time or my wife's gonna have to create a website for it <laughs> oh god speaking speaking of stories i was i was traveling with my parents in in the in the states when they came to visit me before i graduated and you know not to say that they're 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 lovely people but when they are traveling in another country that they don't speak the language of it's a lot of pressure on me mm, all right mm, and then yeah, yeah. they have their readings of the situation even without knowing what's going on they will try to give me directions and suggestions that just don't work for the situation i have to deal with that and that day it was one of the holidays in in, in dc that i didn't know of so they blocked off the entire part that would let you kind of cut through not cut through the white house but you could go you know through that area and go to the airport oh, yeah, cool. which was a very short drive like usually it should take about 15 to 20 minutes so i was like oh we could leave like you know two hours or an, even like an hour and a half before the flight uh, departure time and so we did and then it was a driver who wasn't you know very wasn't very you know fluent in english as well and then she didn't know what was going on and we got stuck in that air in the center area for 45 minutes and we, we missed the train and the, the airport people were actually kind enough to be like, you know, we'll put you on the next flight for free. I was like, thank you. But my parents gave me so much pressure along the way that I, I sorted everything out. And then I went straight to the bar at the airport and asked for <laughs> a $20 tequila shot. I was like, hey, I had to do that. I had to just, just soothe myself and calm myself down. Mm. But that was the only time I missed a flight. I was like, this is this is a good lesson. Again, like, do not be late when you're traveling with your parents. <laughs> I wanted to talk about Chinese New Year because a lot of people do know, I think increasingly, that it's the largest annual migration of people around the world. So every year around the same time, you know, in January, February time, I guess it's a it's on the lunar calendar, like like a billion people travel to their hometowns and stuff. If you can't get the train tickets like a month in advance before Chinese New Year, you can't get train tickets mm -hmm. or plane tickets to go to a lot of places. It's increasingly really difficult because there's so many people trying to travel. But a lot of people travel by car. And every year I see it on TV, on, on like, you know, CCTV I watch and there's like just massive bottlenecks of like tens of thousands of cars like traveling around China. Mm -hmm. And I was wondering if either of you have been in the situation where you've been traveling during Chinese New Year by car? Uh, not entire, not the entire trip. I I think we drove mm. from my grand, my mom's family to my dad's family, and that was like a four and a half hour, and they were they were uh, alternating. I didn't enjoy it. <laughs> 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 yeah. 
for for myself, as I, as I said earlier, until you know, before the pandemic started, we we kind of made it a tradition to go on a driving holiday and with, with my best friend in Beijing. Uh, the good thing is he he's a very good organizer. He he was in mm. in the military when he was young, so he's a very good organizer, and he has this knack. First of all, we we set off early, right? Yeah. So we we set off before the the real travel peak comes the the uh, at least on on the highway, and then he has this knack of picking our destination so that we are we are going against the traffic. Mm, mm. <laughs> you yeah, see yeah, what yeah, I mean, yeah. right? Yep. So so I remember in uh, two thousand eighteen we went down to uh, to the Jiangsu Zhejiang area, mm-hmm. yeah, and one of the stop was uh, uh, to go into Hangzhou. But he picked it so that it was the the start of the the holiday when when all the city folks in Hangzhou was leaving Hangzhou to go somewhere, mm, and we went man. into Hangzhou. Yeah, so we were actually going against the traffic. We would see big traffic jams on the other yeah, side yeah, of yeah. the highway. Yeah, and we we went into Hangzhou, and and it was actually much less crowded than than normal. Yeah, so for us it, it wasn't so bad. And and the other thing is, like I said in in that earlier story, uh, I'm I'm a fairly good navigator. <laughs> so he tends to do most of the driving, and I'm I'm getting quite good at finding alternative routes and so on. And yeah, and finding finding petrol stations, right? Because yeah, yeah we both like to squeeze every mile out of our our fuel tank. <laughs> so sometimes there's a little bit of a of a panic to find the next petrol station yeah you mentioned that it's really interesting you know how they say that you you see what you're looking for like if you're looking for the color red you're going to find the color red if you're looking so a lot of people use this lately as a way to encourage people if you need to look for opportunity then you're going to find you know the other day i was thinking i haven't seen a gas station in what seemed like years and then (laughs) i was like i wonder if there are gas stations around here i left my home to go to work you see one (laughs) yes yeah yesterday morning no 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 not just i saw one but literally next to my uh, my where I live across the street from my apartment, there's just a giant gas station. <laughs> and I was like, I leave the gate of my community. And the first thing you look at is across the street, a huge super <laughs> gas station. I was like, oh, wow. You really do only see things when you're uh, looking yeah. at them. Maybe it just erupted overnight, Jason. It wasn't there before. It wasn't you. It was just new. It was yeah, built in a sure. day. <laughs> Wait, so Alex, does your is your boyfriend, does he drive? Oh my God, he talks so much about his horrible driving experiences when he was working <laughs> in LA and in the mm. Bay. And he talks about, I think at one point he was doing almost like a six hour commute every day. You just like, oh God. yeah, so like by by usual, you know, if it's if it's not horrible traffic, then it's like, you know, an hour and a half there, an hour and a half back. But if it's bad traffic, like it's easily two or three hours one way. And that's, that's my biggest thing. My mom's like, you know, get your driver's license so you can drive to work. I'm like, no way I'm driving to work. Like driving to me is kind of like work. It's extra work outside of work. Yeah. Six hours. That is soul crushing. I've never, I mean, I know people commute from like the San Joaquin Valley to the Bay Area and it takes like two hours one way four hours and they're like I hate life you know like why do I have to commute and they want to move yeah six, like six for that hours long? no that's like way. your job like that's that's almost the full day of work right like that's insane because of that they would stay 
later in the company just to avoid oh, traffic. So wow. your entire day is just wasted on the highway. You know, we're out of time. It was really nice having you on the show, Morris. Thank you very much. I really enjoyed myself. Time flies. Bye to all of our fans, and we hope to hear it from you next time. We'll talk to you soon, guys. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.